Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, hey, hey guys, it's time. You know what time it is. It's Sunday night. It's 8 p.m. And it's time for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Delvina Thomas, a board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. I'm in Miami and Fort Lauderdale, and most of what we're doing now is virtual. So uh, tonight, I'm going to change my schedule and talk about something unexpectedly. I actually was not planning to talk about this yet. Um, I wanted to bring on an expert to discuss this, but um, something happened recently. And I think I need to have the discussion right now. I have to start discussing this topic right now. And um, in the future, in the near future, I will bring on an expert and we'll, we'll talk more about this topic People have asked me about this topic many times in the past because it has become more common than it once was in the past. And um, I wanted to talk about it because there's a story of a, of a young lady who encountered some problems recently. And her story is so sad to me. And it's so unbelievable to me that I needed to have this talk now so that anyone who suspects that this is going on in their household with one of their children or one of their family members, or even if you see this in in a student, if you're a teacher and you see this in a student, I would encourage you as a teacher to although you're a teacher and not a mental health provider, but you teachers are oftentimes the first line of defense. They are the ones who spend the most time with our children. And so if you are a teacher and you see signs of what I'm about to talk about tonight, I would encourage you to please, please, please talk to the parent and and encourage them to take their child to see someone and to, if it applies, to receive a diagnosis because this could save their lives later down the road. Tonight, what I'm talking about is autism. Yeah. Tonight, I'm talking about autism, autism spectrum disorder, ASD. It is a developmental condition and it affects a person's ability to socialize and communicate with others. People with autism or autistic uh, spectrum disorder can present in many different ways. Um, They can exhibit exhibit certain behaviors that um, are peculiar. Um, Some behaviors can be unbecoming. The reason why the disorder has the word spectrum and the name of the disorder is because it refers to the degree of the person's symptoms. 
the degree of the behaviors and the severity, which varies between individuals. Some people are mildly impaired, as this young lady seemed to be in her earlier age, moderately impaired. Um, but her mother and her family, her, her father, her mother, who I don't think are together, I, I think they were unsuspecting because she was so intelligent. And that's what we can see in autism is that there's the social ineptness but then there's also the highly intelligent children. So everyone who has autism are not socially inept as well as having low intelligence. That's not, that's, that's not what you see in autism. So because the young lady was so intelligent and scored so well with testing and did so well with schoolwork, no one suspected anything was wrong with her until now until now. So the CDC has done surveillances and they estimate that on average, one in every 59 eight-year-old children in the United States have autism spectrum disorder. Boys are four times more likely than girls to develop symptoms of autism. And it affects children across demographic and socioeconomic groups. So this is not something that you just see in low income. You don't just see this in high income. We have to have awareness and we must improve screening methods so that the diagnosis can be made. We do see that, you know, there is like an autistic awareness month. They have the, the colorful puzzle pieces. So it seems that there has been an increase in diagnoses over the last few years because of the increased awareness. So people have asked, how do I know if my child has autism? Well, symptoms will often start to appear during the first three years of life. But there's a small percentage of people who may not be diagnosed until later in life. And I believe they're not diagnosed until later in life because the parents don't know that what they see is unusual, so they don't know to report it to the pediatrician. There are some children who don't go to the pediatrician. And even if you, your child goes to the pediatrician, if you don't know what you're seeing is unusual or peculiar, you may not mention it. And during the short stint of time that the pediatrician spends with the child, they may not notice anything unusual. So typically we know that Babies, infants are social by nature. They will look in your face. They'll turn towards a voice. They'll interact with you by grabbing your finger. Some of them will try to suck on you. And oftentimes they smile by the time they're three months old. Children who have autism have difficulty in engaging in everyday human interactions. It's difficult for them to engage with other people. Not every child will have the same exact symptoms or the same severity, but most children with ASD will have symptoms that affect social interactions and relationships. Autism, it can cause difficulties with verbal and nonverbal communication, and they can be preoccupied with certain activities. Children with autism have different ways of interacting with others. 
parents are oftentimes the first to notice that their child is showing unusual behaviors. But again, if the parent doesn't realize it's an unusual behavior or if the parent is distracted by other things going on in his or her own life, such as drugs, alcohol, um, anything that really distracts them from being able to pay a consistent attention to their child or they're out of the home a lot, the parents may miss it. These behaviors could include not making eye contact when the child talks, not responding to their name, um, playing with toys in unusual ways, and also repetitive behaviors, very repetitive, repetitive behaviors. And then we also see other types of impairments like a delay in language development. They don't respond to their own name or they only speak in single words if they speak at all. They may have repetitive and routine behaviors like walking in a specific pattern or eating the same meal every day. They may have difficulty making eye contact. Um, they may focus on the person's mouth when the person is speaking instead of their eyes. They may also have be overly sensitive or undersensitive to certain sensory stimuli. So examples would include having pain or pleasure from certain things like a phone ringing or not reacting to intense cold or pain, maybe certain sights, sounds, smells, textures, or tastes. The physical and the emotional response in these cases can be very overwhelming and result in sensory overload, which could then lead to a meltdown, uh, a child that has an extreme temper tantrum or is acting out in an extreme way. They have difficulty interpreting certain gestures that people may make or certain facial expressions or misreading certain things, not doing well with social cues like a smile or a grimace. So it helps, it makes it very difficult for them to understand the nuances of social communication. And this is why they struggle socially and in, in interacting with other people. They too may have problems in, express, in expressing their own emotions. Uh, their facial expressions may not be a representation of what they really feel. Um, certain movements, their tone of voice or gestures may be vague or may be mis mismatched in what is said or what they feel. They may be fixated on certain objects. Um, and to detriment, they may focus on a rotating will instead of playing with their peers. There may be absence of pretend play. They may take a long time to line up toys in a certain way instead of just playing with them. A lot of them lack spontaneity. They're back to the social um, weaknesses. They are so challenged in social interactions that interacting with their peers becomes very challenging. And at times, some of these children have self-injurious behaviors. Oftentimes, they will hurt themselves in response to certain activities or environments. Also, we see sleep problems in children who are on the spectrum. They have difficulty falling asleep and or staying asleep. Now, the learning, the thinking, and the problem solving of people with autism, ASD, can range from gifted to severely challenged. So most people think autism means that 
everyone has low intelligence, but that's, that's not true. Some are very, very gifted. And then there are some people who need a lot of help in their daily lives. So pay attention to your child. If you've ever seen any of these things and write these things down. So when you go to the pediatrician, you don't forget because you only have so much time with the doctor. So you want to be able to just spit this stuff out like, you know, spontaneously. There is not a single cause of autism. You know, there's so many different things that contribute to this disorder. It could be genetics and it could be our environment, which is also known as nature and nurture. So there are certain things in the environment that might contribute to it and also genetics. Now, some of you have asked me, can vaccines cause autism? I would say no. As a medical doctor and a, a previous researcher, I've read a lot of journals. I've, led, I've read a lot of scientific research. And although there have been many claims made by the media, we have strong evidence that vaccines do not cause autism. So please don't get caught up in that and not vaccinate your child because you are a believer of the hype. That is just hype. Now, so I just gave you all the signs and I gave you some of the risk factors. I want to... I want to talk about this young lady because I'm, I'm distraught over her situation. I won't say her name. There is a young lady who, according to her mother, did not talk from the ages of two until ninth grade. From age two until ninth grade, she did not talk. She was not a talker. So remember, I mentioned earlier when I was giving you listing off the signs and the symptoms, I mentioned a delay in language development, not being able to communicate well. Her mother also mentioned that when visitors, family, friends would come over to the home, that she did not want to be around those people. She would never stay around. She would actually retreat and go sit in a car outside she would go sit in the car. She would not stay and socialize or interact with family. So they would have family gatherings over the house and she would not be anywhere in sight. So again, there's that social ineptness again. She also had difficulties in the classroom. She had problems with her, her own schoolwork, with managing her schoolwork, but she was also very intelligent. So the teachers decided when she was in high school, well, let's not force her to be around her classmates because, again, there was that what seems to be to me social anxiety and being around others. And especially because she was not forced or exposed to forced to be exposed to it growing up. So she never got used to it or never broke through that barrier. As a side note, I'll say anything that makes us uncomfortable, the more you do it, the better you'll get with doing whatever that thing is, the more at ease you'll become. That's sort of kind of exposure therapy. But because mom allowed her to retreat and not stay around family and didn't encourage or in a healthy way, force her to interact with family, she never learned how to be a social person. So in a classroom, she was not able to interact with her peers. So her teachers also did the same thing as mom. 
they began to pull her out of the classroom and allowed her to work beside the teacher and helping the teacher do things. Because again, this was a very intelligent girl. Thanks, thank God for her sake, she was not um, a, a child with low intelligence. She had very high intelligence and was a, a good test taker and all of these things. So they would allow her to work beside them, um, helping with classroom stuff. She graduated high school and earned a full ride to college. Yep. She got a full ride to school. I don't know what her SAT or her ACT score was, but it must have been something extraordinary because she got a full ride to go to college, a four-year college. So the school is located in the state where she grew up and where she lives. She left home. She was about, I guess, three, four hours away from home um, at this school and um, encountered her first serious problem. But before I get into that, that issue that she experienced, let's take a brief break. I want you guys to um, just hear from one of the Black-owned businesses that I support, Titus Unlimited. Guys, um, sorry for that long pause, but as you're listening to Titus, consider going to his page and visiting his page. Hey guys, pardon the interruption. I just want to give a shout out to a black owned business, Titus Unlimited. He joined me on a podcast on a YouTube uh, live recently, actually. And um, he has a company, it's called Titus Unlimited. He is on Instagram at Titus Unlimited, which is T-I-T-U-S. And he also has a website, which is TitusUnlimited.com. Give him your ear, lend him your ear as he talks to you about fruit health. Eating a healthy breakfast. Did you know that fruit is actually the healthiest thing that you can eat for breakfast? Here are a few reasons why you want to eat fruit. Your body does most of its detoxification and elimination first thing in the morning. And fruit helps with that because it's high in water and fiber. Fruit is also the easiest thing for your body to digest because it breaks down very fast, but has a lot of other nutrients with it, like vitamins, minerals, and even antioxidants. Fruit also gives you a lot of energy. Everybody needs energy in the morning. As opposed to drinking coffee, fruit actually gives you way more energy. Last but not least, fruit actually helps your mood. Good gut health, yes. Fruit actually improves your gut health, improves your concentration, and helps with your overall mood for the day. So start your day off with fruit. Like and follow my page for more things you did not know about your health. Thank you, Titus, for that informative session, brief session about fruits. Guys, start your day with fruits, not with eggs and bacon. If you're going to have eggs, bacon, and or grits and pancakes and stuff like that, maybe do it just on the weekend when you're going for weekend brunch. But during the week, have your fruit. So anyhow, back to this young lady. She gets a full ride to a college. She begins school there. And she um, professes that she is gay, that she's a lesbian. She meets a young lady there at the school and they begin dating. And... Um, by the way, this this young girl 
is able to, besides getting the scholarship, she gets her own apartment. She signs up for and, and gets her own apartment and is able to purchase her own car without her mother's assistance. Her mom doesn't help her in getting the apartment. Her mom doesn't help her with getting the car. She's able to pull off all these things on her own. So again, she's very intelligent. She just doesn't do well around a lot of people. It doesn't interact well and read social cues well, which it could be why what happened, what I'm about to tell you now, could be why it happened. So she gets to school. She meets this young lady. They start dating. And for the first time, she allows this young lady to borrow her car. She's never allowed anyone to use her car. Now, who knows if the young lady was showing her genuine interest and showing her genuine affection. Or if the young lady may have even done things to show that she wasn't really into the young girl. Maybe, you know, sometimes people can be disrespectful. Sometimes people will try to indirectly throw shade. And those of us who are socially clued in, we pick up on it like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not for the shade. Or we pick up on something. We know that something's not right about the relationship. So this young woman not being socially competent, I believe she may have missed a lot of things because I don't think she would have made a decision to allow someone to borrow her car had she picked up on those things. So she lets the young lady borrow her car. The young lady crashes the car and uh, the car needs repairs. The, um, The young lady who I'm speaking about, let's just call her, let's call her D. So D, D is the, the topic of tonight's conversation. She's the young woman with autism. I, I, that was not diagnosed. So it costs $250, I guess, for the insurance deductible. She tells the, the girl that she's dating that she needs $250. The girl doesn't give it to her. Eventually, the girl calls and says, hey, I have your money. Come and get it. So D goes over to the girl's apartment. The girl has an apartment as well. She goes over there and D is there with another woman, I believe, and one of their brothers, a 19-year-old brother. Something happens where they they jump D, jump her as in the three of them start fighting her. Or maybe it was just two girls who start fighting D and not the brother. I don't, I don't know. But D retreats. She runs from the apartment and runs to her car and pulls out a gun that D had received from her mother. Now, I haven't really told you much about mom, nor will I during this episode, but mom had given Dee a gun when she left to go to school because Dee made mention to her mother that, mom, I look like you in the face and I don't want something to happen to me. Mom has a very troubled past. I don't want to go into those details right now, but mom has a troubled past and has been in danger before. So mom states that she felt like she needed to protect her daughter from afar. Remember, D is away at school, three, four hours away from the mother. So mom gives D a gun so that D can protect herself. D runs to the car. She's retreating from the fist fight and uh, gets a gun. Apparently, I guess these three kids follow her to the car. She gets the gun, 
and she fires it two times. One of the bullets hits the 19 year old boy and the other bullet goes through a sliding glass door of a 78 year old man's home and strikes the 78 year old man in the leg. His wife calls the police. The police come, they apprehend Dee and they put her in the police car. Apparently, according to mom, Dee at the time doesn't know that the bullets hit anyone. She just, oh, I'm sorry. So Dee fires the, the, the weapon, the gun two times and then Dee drives home, pardon me. She drives home. The police go to her home and apprehend her. And at the time, supposedly, Dee doesn't know that anyone was hit by those two bullets. They arrest her and take her to jail on the way or before she leaves her house. She calls her mom and says, hey, I'm being arrested. They're taking me to the jail. And she says, don't worry, I'll, I'll be out. I'll be able to bail myself out because I guess she just thought it was because she was in possession of a firearm. She gets there and there's no bailing herself out because they set her bond at three hundred thousand dollars. Mm hmm. $300,000. So now she has to spend the night in the jail. She's been in the jail now for several nights. 10% of the 300000 is $30,000 bond. The child is still in jail. So she learns soon that her bond is so high because those two bullets hit two different people. Thank God neither of those people died. Oh, my goodness. But in the jail, she begins to unravel. Initially, they put her in kind of protective housing or custody. They don't put her in gym pop yet. And then when it's time for her to go to gym pop, she really unravels. She doesn't know what to do, how to act. She's feeling overwhelmed and emotional and feeling afraid. She wants to talk to her father and ask, like, how do I interact with these people? What do I say to, to these people? These people, meaning the other inmates. They put her in gin pop, and I suppose things begin to happen. Now, remember, we're talking about someone who's undiagnosed with autism, but has autism, is now being put into general population with probably repeat offenders, women who are some of them criminal, uh, career criminals, a lot of them who have street smarts. These are not socially awkward people. These are not socially inept people. But D, the young girl is. She doesn't know how to read social signs. She can't socially interact with other people. And remember, she's the young girl that would retreat and go into the car to avoid her family at family gatherings in her mom's home. So... She goes to general population and eventually she wants, she gets put in isolation and mom is asking me, why is she in isolation? And I said, well, she must've done something or said something. And they believe they're protecting her by placing her there while in isolation, she bangs her head on the walls and injures herself and is, um, seems to lose touch with reality, tells the correctional officer that her mother is dead, all sorts of things. So that's pretty much as far as I will go tonight on the story about D. 
And the point of this story is having some knowledge or being able to appreciate that something is wrong with your child if you notice certain things. We know it's unusual for a kid not to talk after the age of two. If your child is not talking, that is not normal. If your child has difficulties developing and maintaining friendships, communicating with peers and adults, or understanding what their behavior should be in school, there is something wrong. Now, the reason why some of these children actually do their situations become revealed is because autism oftentimes co-occurs with other mental health challenges or disorders. A lot of times children who have autism also have anxiety and or depression or sadness or ADD, attention deficit disorder or ADHD. So ADHD and ADD occur more often in people with autism spectrum disorder than in people without it. Your child may also have restricted type behaviors or repetitive behaviors or interest. They also have different ways of learning or moving or paying attention. Some people without autism can also have these same things, but these are some of the things you want to look for. Sometimes we can detect and diagnose ASD, autism, at 18 months of age or younger. And by age two, a diagnosis by a mental health professional or an experienced pediatrician with ASD, it can be considered reliable. But a lot of times children don't receive a final diagnosis until they're much older. Some people are not even diagnosed until they're adolescents or adults, which means they don't get the help that they need and situations occur like what occurred with the young girl here that I'm calling D. So she's now in a legal, an illegal situation because of never, ever being diagnosed or not being diagnosed, which is so super sad to me. So if any of what I'm saying is striking a chord within you, if you are suspicious that your child could be exhibiting some of these things please get that child help. You can start first by taking them to the pediatrician. And like I said, making a list before you go into the appointment of the things that you notice. And tell them everything because oftentimes children with ASD also have frequent GI problems, gastrointestinal problems, stomach problems. They may have stomach pain, diarrhea, constipation, reflux, vomiting, bloating. So they have these other things that kind of co-occur with their autism. But write down what you notice. If your child isn't sleeping or is not falling asleep, that's not normal, man. That's not normal. You have to talk to someone about these things. So start with your pediatrician first. If you have health insurance, you can also take your child straight to a child psychologist. 
There are some testing psychologists, psychologists who do testing. Your child can be tested. There's also, for, this, for your state, there's something called Early Childhood Technical Assistance Center, the ECTA. The phone number is 919-962-2001. That's the Early Childhood Technical Assistance Center, 919-962-2001. They're available. You can get a free, evalu free evaluation from, from the state you live in, depending on your child's age. You can also talk to your, to your child's school system. Talk to them. You can talk to your local elementary school or the Board of Education and ask to have your child evaluated. The ECTA, the Early Childhood Technical Assistance Center, also has a website. Google ECTA or Early Childhood Technical Assistance Center, and you can find the website. Please don't let your child go undiagnosed because, see, later in life, when things go wrong, there's been no established diagnosis, and it'll be a lot harder for your attorney to convince a judge, a jury, that something existed, and to try to call up things from the past to prove that something was very off about your child growing up. I'm not saying that anything will occur like what has happened with D, but there's a strong possibility. Now, of course, some of you are saying, why would her mother give her a gun? Well, that's a very good question. And I did talk to the mother about this because I'm a very passionate person about weapons, guns, and firearms and ownership of these things and having respect for a firearm. Respect means using it only when absolutely necessary. When someone's life feels endangered, you may not actually be legally endangered, right? So there's a lot of laws that govern the use of firearms and guns. So we have to be careful with that. You should do all the training that's necessary to use a firearm. You should take the concealed weapons class. There are also other additional classes so that you know your rights. In using a weapon and using a gun, a firearm, you must know your rights. You don't want to be sued. So, guys, this is the first discussion about the um, autism spectrum disorder. I hope this has been helpful for some of you who have been asking for it. I hope this was helpful. Please take your children to get tested. Even if you don't think it's autism, you don't know. You're not a mental health professional. Start with your school. Start with your pediatrician. Start with a child, a child psychologist. There is help, and help is available even if you don't have health insurance. All right, guys. Whew. Again, I just want to thank you for your support and listening to my podcast each week or if you don't listen on Sunday nights, whatever day you listen to, whether it's on your Peloton, when you're in the gym doing getting your workout on or you're outside walking the trail or at the beach enjoying the water. 
whatever it is you're doing when you're listening, I appreciate you and your support. Hug somebody and tell them you love them. Positivity is the best way to be, man. Smile, smile, smiles and laughter. Smiles and laughter. All righty, guys. Say brain love. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes. Learn from them and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Thank you.